You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That's kind of the mantra we're seeing now with the transfer portal, which is closed, but players still looking toward their futures and leaving some football programs despite not yet having landing spots. Hello, I'm Brandon Marcello. This is the College Football Daily. It's Wednesday, September 28th. We have new windows for the transfer portal. You're only allowed to enter it now, December 5th through January 18th, and then again, May 1st through May 15th. Used to be it was open year-round. You could enter and leave for a new team. Now, if you want to go to a new team, you can leave your current team, but You can't enter the transfer portal until December, which has opened up some interesting opportunities and possibilities as some players have opted to leave and quit their football teams now before they waste their eligibility this season, which is about four games. So simply put, if you're a sophomore right now and you're playing and you've played in four games or less, you could still be a sophomore next season if you leave your team today. The problem, the issue is, the transfer portal is not open. So what do these players do? They quit their teams and they sit and wait until they can actually enter their names into the transfer portal in December. As 24-7 Sports reporter Chris Hummer put it, this is pre-portal season. So to discuss this further, I introduce... 24-7 24-7 sports analysts Blake Brockermeyer, Carl Reed, and former Clemson running back Darian Rincher to discuss this, this interesting time in this calendar where it's kind of a free-for-all. We don't know what's going on. So to set the stage here again, real quick, guys, there's been some names that have popped up recently of players leaving their teams, but of course not yet being in the portal. Boise State quarterback Hank Bockermeyer, USC receiver Gary Bryant Jr., and Clemson receiver Dakari Collins. Not officially in the portal yet, but no longer playing football for their respective programs. Guys, are we about to see a flood of names leaving football programs before the portal even opens in December? Yes, we are. Um, and, and it's an unfortunate thing. A lot of these guys, they get really, really bad advice or they get really invested in emotional decisions. And because they have to be kept on scholarship for the duration of that time, you're going to find guys that are unhappy that say, well, I'm just going to shut it down and I'm going to wait till that portal window opens and then I'm going to the portal and I'm going to quit on my football team. Yeah, it's a, it, I don't think you're going to see a ton of guys do it. I mean, you're definitely going to see more guys do it. I saw yesterday that Arizona State had some, had some twins uh, that had left the team as well, some DBs, but... I think it's really a bad decision. I think there's a right way to do things. And I think, you know, unless it's some sort of crazy circumstances, the best thing that these kids can do is stay stay in school, keep working on their education, keep developing on the field, in practice, in the weight room. It, there's going to be a lot of bad advice, like Carl had said, for, ki- for kids to leave. But then what are they going to do? Just sit in their dorm room and play video games all day? Like, you're there to, to, to play football, get an education, develop. And the best way to do that is on the team you're at, regardless of, un- of how unhappy you are. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think the two things to me, like just being recently removed from it and seeing a lot of guys come through my program at Clemson transfer leave and have other friends at other schools, I think the two biggest things I've seen is people lack self-awareness. I think there's a difference when – I think any kid can see the writing on the wall. Or I might not be playing as much as I want to. I may not be getting as much opportunity as I would have liked. But at some point, 
is like who is to blame for that, especially you go to a major program. Are you in this position because your lack of effort, your lack of habits? Because it's not talent for most of these kids. These are four-star, five-star kids who go to these programs and decide to leave. But if you go to a high-major program, you have to have high-major habits. And a lot of these kids point the finger at the coach. But, I mean, it's the coach's job to play the best player. And if you got there, you had opportunity, you forfeited it, and now you have a kid that's coming in hungry, willing to put in the work, willing to do everything above and beyond. Who was a coach not to play this kid in front of you? And so to me, that's what I've seen a lot is it's not that guys are not talented. They lack self-awareness and they blame everybody else besides themselves. And then piggyback on what they said is just the, the lack of good counsel. I don't know who some of these guys are listening to. To me, this is just like when guys leave early for the draft. It's like, bro, who told you to do this? Like, why are you doing this? You are in a good situation and you don't know, like staying with the team to me, you don't know how the season's going to play. We see every year guys go down, guys have season into injuries. And there's always that one kid who has that story. And that really could be a lot of more kids stories. I ain't saying you shouldn't leave. There's a right time to do it and a right place to do it. You know, a lot of these kids too, they get into situations and I hear this a lot because kids contact me every week about going in the portal. They feel like they've been lied to by the coach because they're not playing. And my thing always is, I've been in thousands of meetings with prospects and coaches and some of the top coaches, you know, in our in our generation. I've never heard a coach tell a kid he was going to play as a freshman. And I've been in all of those meetings. I've been in thousands of them. I have never heard a power five coach or any coach at any level for that matter say, you're going to start as a freshman. You're going to play. They tell you that you're going to get the opportunity to play. But what right. a lot of these kids don't understand is what does that mean to a kid? That means you put me in the game and saw if I can make plays. But to a coach, that means I watched you practice every day. Most of you guys are enrolling early, so I saw you in spring ball. I'm looking at you in fall camp, and you show me on tape every single day and every single drill that you're not ready to play, or it's guys in front of you. So the opportunity comes from practice. But these guys get really, really in their feelings, and the the, the starting nice. part of it is none of them or the majority of them don't handle the recruiting process well when they're in high school. They are, they are more into – trying on jerseys and trying on uniforms and posting on on social media. They're not looking to see if they're a fit for the system. They're not looking to see if the coach that's going to be coaching them has a personality fit with them and the kind of player that they really are. And so they're going into these situations and they're a four down D lineman, but they went to a school with a three down system and they don't fit, right? Or they're a zone corner and they go to a college that plays nothing but man and they don't fit. But the school was a Nike school. They had great uniform (laughs) conversation. You know, the girls were prettier. The water was colder. They're not making football decisions. And so then when it doesn't work, they're surprised, but I'm never surprised when it doesn't work out. And and I think too, Carl, a a, a big thing is, 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 is like these kids are, most of these kids at the top schools are four and five star recruits. When they were in high school, they were the big guys on the block, the big dudes on the on the team that got every opportunity probably had a lot less discipline on the team i think in high school you see a lot of top players that get away with things that the other kids don't get you're kind of a kind of a social media star if you're a highly recruited player so when you go to these top schools that have big logos that play big boy football you're surrounded by a whole 85 of these guys. So it's not always going to work out whenever you plan it to. You're not going to start as a freshman. Every five-star recruit doesn't come in the first game and start. I mean, it happens, but it's rare. So for a lot of these kids, you got to develop 
coaches have to trust you. They're not getting paid. They're, they're, they're not trying to get fired. I mean, these coaches are right. Trying, right. These coaches are trying to win games. I mean, they're not picking players to play that that they don't think that are, are going to do well. So, uh, I mean, I I got three kids that play college football right now. I get frustrated more than anybody, but I know that that the coaches are are doing what they think is best, and I have to trust them. And like for any kid, if you don't like where you're at, you don't like the situation, you don't like what the future looks like, then you know December fifth, you have a chance to hit the portal and and do that very cautiously because there's no guarantees that you're going to get picked up. I wanted to bring up a, a couple of specific examples, and mostly because Darian knows these guys. There's Dakari Collins, who I mentioned earlier, who right. has has left the team or has not entered the portal yet officially, but he, he's gone, and Dabo Sweeney's commented on him. And even a few years ago, even before we had these portal windows, if you guys remember, Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant left the Clemson football program four games into that season to maintain right. his year of eligibility before obviously transferring to Mizzou later that year. So, Darian, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? And have you had any discussions with Dakari Collins or even a few years ago with Kelly Bryan? How do you see that situation there with those uh, specific players? Yeah, I think I went to one of the schools, like you said, big logo school, where you, you try to recruit the best talent. And sometimes what happens is you get a lot of guys that come in and not everybody's ready for the show. And so, and I think a lot of guys, there are a lot of good stories of the transfer portal. And like I would say, Chase Bryce is probably the key yes. pin of a story that's good for the transfer portal. But at the same time, you see a lot of guys, I think we all have seen at this level, it's competitive and no knock on any kid. This is a developmental game, but you come to Clemson, they're trying to, if you're a freshman, you're ready to play, you're going to play. Uh, if you're an older kid who's deserved the opportunity to keep playing, you're going to keep playing. But the, to me, I think college, I mean, high school coaches and high school recruits need to know the intangibles are what matter. Because when it comes down to you and another kid, it's not based on who can catch the ball. It's based on who went to class, who's on the academic report list. And I'm not throwing anybody on the bus, but I'm just saying these are things that like really matter when it comes to painting a perception of which kid deserves a right to go play. And then you obviously got to go play on the field. To me, that's like the last part. There's a lot of things that happens as a, as a coach is like trying to have a, have a, a competitive battle between who's going to get the nod to go start, who's going to split reps, what's the percentage of the reps, and all those things come into play. And to me, it makes the coach's job easier to play a kid over the other when it, when a kid's not doing everything possible to work in his favor to be successful. And that's the biggest thing I think I've seen at, at my school is like, or just Power Five. Some kids do everything they can to work inspire themselves and not for themselves. And when it comes down to like, you know what I'm saying? When it comes down to that, it really gets tough. And then to me, self-awareness is so key because then a kid will be in a situation like that and blame everybody else besides himself. In reality, it's like, dude, you, you didn't do everything you could to do your best when you had the opportunity. And so that's how I would paint that. I think quarterbacks, is, it's an iffy position, though. We can talk about that later because quarterback, to me, is the only place you really can't split hairs. Other places you can kind of compensate, running back, receiver, DB, you can rotate. But quarterback is iffy. There's a different perspective on that because I don't think it's about class and who went to class and all that. I just think it's about who's better. And what a lot of these kids aren't being told is, bro, you're not that good. You're not making <laughs> Like, we're trying to win. You know, Kelly Bryant, when he led you guys to the national championship game and you lost, and then Dabo benched him the next year for Trevor Lawrence, I was one of those guys who was like, man, it's not fair. He Kelly Bryant led him to the national championship game, and now he's putting in this kid. And then he transferred to Missouri. 
and I'm in Missouri, and I went to a bunch <laughs> of games in a bunch of games, and I said, I wish that Kelly Bryant was still at Clemson and not at Missouri, and that's the truth. Nobody's telling these guys the truth. Nobody's sitting down, and we're talking about class. Listen, it's a bunch of first-round draft picks that didn't go to class, and they still played, and they, they were ballers, right? And so in every program, nobody's sitting these kids down and saying, listen, man, this not really your thing. And it may be smart for you to get your Clemson degree so you can go on in life instead of you going to the portal and ending up at an FCS school and being the manager at Foot Locker. And so <laughs> and that's no shot to, you know. No, facts, facts, no, facts. We're not having real conversations. We're yeah. not saying you don't tackle well. You Long term. You know, we're not telling these guys the truth. We're always looking for somebody to blame. Well, it, it, it's not because you didn't go to algebra class, right? We'll put you on the stuff. It's because you can't help us win games or there's a better player in front of you. But to me, those things bleed over into football. And that's more so that the parallel I was making. I feel like the kid who skips class sometimes is also the kid who lines, who misaligns on the route or misses a block or doesn't know the play call. You know, I just think those things are to me. will remember this guy because he's older. Marcelo probably, well, you a young guy. Who? Andy Katzenmoyer that played linebacker at Ohio State was the poster child for not going to class. And he's one of the greatest players to ever play at Ohio State and was a first-round pick for the Patriots. And nobody cared that he didn't go to class, right? Yeah, so if he, right. But if he couldn't, if he wasn't a big cat, if he wasn't the guy who could play that position the way that he played it, he most certainly wouldn't have played. And that, like, you can always give a guy an excuse. Look that kid in the eye and tell him, bro, you're not good enough or you're not better than this guy. That's the problem. Some kids that don't play go to class every day and make straight A's and they still don't play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, facts, facts, facts. I'm also talking when it's a competitive battle. Right? Yeah, no, you're right. I think it's, when it's a competitive battle, I think everything comes into play. I, I think Clemson is a unique unicorn in college football. They do things differently at Clemson. I visited there. My kids were recruited by Clemson. Like I, like they have a different makeup than than most schools in the country. So I bet you at Clemson that does play a factor in things. But I agree with Carl in the SEC and in other schools right. I know about. They they could care less about any of that stuff as long as you're handling your business and and you're performing on the field. More discussion on the new pre-portal season after these messages. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is part of the problem, just to listen to you guys, it's part of the problem that coaches aren't just sitting these players down just going, listen, there's nothing personal here. I am trying to keep my job. I'm just going to play the best player. Do we need more of that transparency, almost like an NFL-type mindset with these coaches? Like, listen, you're not good enough. Yeah, you're you're not, not going to play. Them, they're not telling them the truth because they're scared of the high school coaches. They're scared of the parents. And you shouldn't be scared of the high school coach. And you shouldn't be scared. Like, you have to tell the guy the truth. Hey, we recruited him. We misevaluated him. We thought he was going to be better than what he is. We didn't realize that he doesn't work as hard as he need to work. He's scared to tackle 
first-round SEC running back in the hole. He doesn't want to run across the middle. He can't. He he can't kick slide against the speed rush. Like you got it. They're not telling him. They're trying to placate everybody's feelings because when that high school has more prospects down the road, they don't want the coach to be mad. But guess what? The next time that guy has a prospect. You ain't going to be the coach because you're going to get yourself fired because you're not dealing in the truth. You have to just be honest. Most Even when I see a lot of these big-time prospects play in high school and I go to the games, they never make plays. And so many times, I'd never understand why they were rated the way that they are or why they have the offers that they do because they're not good enough. Here's the thing. It's winners and losers in this game, Marcelo. It's winners and losers. This is not a kid's game. This is a man's game. And there's more available scholarships than it is good football players. Most of these guys are going to need a shirt and a tie in for years. And you need to get them mentally prepared for that. They're not going to the NFL. If they transfer because they're not playing, they're going to transfer somewhere else and still not play because they're not good enough and they don't love the game enough. And so we're not being honest with these kids. These kids are getting terribly bad advice. They're not being told the truth and they're not being prepared for the inevitable life that is coming after football. Darian's dad prepared him for life after Clemson. Blake is going to prepare his sons for life after football because got and so many of these guys they aren't getting that they're chasing football they're they're, they're 28 years old and they're still playing semi-pro and indoor football because they think they're going to get a call from the Chicago Bears right off of a middle school semi-pro field and they were never prepared for life and to me that is what is the most unfortunate thing about this deal and you look at the numbers you guys know this the transfer portal numbers a great number of these players who enter the portal end up obviously going to a lower level school and just disappearing or just don't even land anywhere for that matter which is something that we've reported on quite a bit that is the saddest part of it of it all that's why it's important that you have a place to land before you transfer there's so much back channeling that goes on in the transfer portal kids do yourself a favor get with your high school coach get with someone you trust make sure before you enter the portal that you have a place to land if you want to play football because Recently, they just passed a new rule where, I mean, I don't think a lot of people have really read this, but you can stay in school now on full scholarship until you graduate, you enter the transfer portal, and someone takes you, or you go to the NFL if you want to. So if you're a freshman at any school in the country, and and you just decide, you know, the first day that you go there that you don't want to play football anymore, they have to eat your scholarship until you graduate hit the portal and someone takes you or graduate from school there. So the evaluations are going to be a lot more important for these college personnel guys, because if you take a guy that's a bad fit, that doesn't love football, that has some issues off the field, then you're stuck with that scholarship now until one of those three things happen. So I think the transfer portal is a great deal for, for some guys. It's worked out. There's been some great stories, especially for quarterbacks, especially for guys going from a smaller school yeah. to a bigger school like Jared Verse. But I think uh, you're going to see less guys. A, a very it'll, it'll be more selective in the portal, I think, starting now because teams don't want to take guys that are that are big risk 
that are going to just say, you know what, I'm just going to quit school, have fun, stay on scholarship and, and, and stay here until I graduate. Yeah. Make sure you have a landing spot because listen, it's as simple as this. We want to treat this as a be you're preparing, preparing yourself to be a professional in life anyway. So handle this the same way you would a decision four years from now. And to be put simply, look at what's going on around you. You do not see a head coach quitting his job without having another job lined up. They've got something else lined up before they leave that school. You need to do the same thing if you're a kid. Guys, we are in love in our society of falling in love with the guy that's the exception to the rule. Everybody's going to say, oh, well, it worked for Joe Burrow. It worked for this guy. It worked for that but guy. the majority, yeah. Yeah, those guys are the exceptions to the rule, and that's not you. It's like kids will say, I'll tell kids, well, you shouldn't smoke weed and play. They say, well, Randy Moss did it, you know, and this guy did it. Well, you ain't Randy Moss, right? And so I remember telling my high school coach, he says, man, you're a 5'11 lineman. And I say, Warren Sapp is 5'11, coach. And he said, Carl, if I put you and Warren Sapp in the room together with $20, he'll come out with you in one hand and $25 in the other. <laughs> you know? And so we, we're, we're, chasing, we're chasing that one success story. We're chasing that one thing where it worked out perfectly for another guy. And we're not dealing in reality. Blake's been a high school coach, too. Parents come in there and they tell you, oh, man, it's about the education. I want my kid to get to get educated. They never call you about grades. They never. I haven't had one conversation with a parent about grades in the last 10 years. Right. It's always about playing time. It's always about scholarship. It's always about the NFL. But when you say, hey, man. Your kid is going to get a degree from the, a Big Ten school or SEC school. None of them care. None of them. None of them care. They have been going to little league football with their kid with one thing in mind: the NFL, and that is the most least likely thing to happen. That's the most least likely outcome at the end of this deal, and it's unfortunate. But people's emotions get involved, and they ruin kids' lives. You think about. The advice these kids are getting, and most of it is their parents. Most of it, I used to have a meeting with my team and tell them, and it, it really pissed people off, but it's just the truth. I used to say, your parents can ruin your life by making bad decisions for you. And you have to think for yourself sometimes. They get emotional. Yeah, don't allow others to live vicariously yeah. through you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I would say, you said emotional. I think that's the biggest thing, looking at friends or people who I've seen like through my era transfer, is a lot of times it's very emotional. Like that guy did wrong, pointing the finger. And to me, anytime in business, any like professional person, you don't make emotional decisions. You make principal decisions. Like what is the reason why I'm leaving? And I think that's a question one other college coach should ask is there's a lot of kids who leave. Like, why is that kid leaving? Instead of him just being a talented kid, like, why did, why is he leaving? And also, why do I want to leave? Like, have a realistic, like, it's because, like I said, am I self-aware? Like, what am I doing that didn't give me myself the best opportunity to be successful with the opportunity that I was given? And also, I can't reiterate, who are you listening to? Please don't listen to just any Joe Smo that ain't never done it before. Please get somebody that has wise counsel, your high school coach, a former player, even a coach, but there might be somebody else on the staff that you like, maybe player development that isn't super involved in the X's and O's of what happens in the football program that can just give you sound advice. Because too many times guys get, are emotional and they get one person to just ramp, ramp them up a little bit, or you need to leave. And it ends, it ends up terribly. And I would say the last thing is just long-term decisions. I played a school where everybody thought they were going to make it to the league. And there are a lot, a lot of guys don't make it to the league. Um, and it's sad, but I, I think, to me, having a degree and being in a good standing with a good a good university 
has way more value in 10 years than you can ever imagine. The killer part about it, though, Darian, is that the guys that play at D2 schools think they're going to the league, too, right? When you start thinking about guys that are going D2 and FCS, people are telling them, Man, we've had four guys drafted in the last 70 years. So you can you can do it. <laughs> and those guys, and, and when they don't get what they want, they going in the transfer portal too. I mean, it's just a ridiculous thing. It's it's crazy. And and, and it's and most of it is um it's not gonna work out that way. Well, gentlemen, I gotta cut it short. This has been fascinating to discuss. Again, it's it's quiet portal season with yeah. this new transfer window. Players are going to be leaving teams quietly, not able to enter the transfer portal so they can maintain their extra year of eligibility without burning their red shirt uh, by playing in more than four games. So these next few weeks are going to be very interesting to see when maybe some of your players that you're accustomed to seeing on the sideline are not dressed out for games. You're wondering what's going on. Well, maybe it's because it's quiet portal time and they have left their team and they're waiting for the new transfer portal window to open on December 5th and it runs through January 18th. Uh, Darian Rencher, Carl Reed, Blake Brockermeyer, thank you so much for joining us here on the College Football Daily. I'm Brandon Marcello. For our producer, Lance Glenn, this has been the College Football Daily. We'll talk to you again later this week. We'll see you down the road.